from Ennui. This is Ennui Talk. You can support the show and other Ennui projects by subscribing to Ennui Plus on Patreon. But for now, sit down and enjoy. We're back. We're back on the podcast. Ennui Talk podcast with another guest. Many, many, many kudos. Many kudos? Many kudos. Is that that's the correct? It. That is. That's look, that's it. Look, I hate fucking introducing podcasts. Always have. Um, and today's no different. Um, let's just... I just like to scream. Mm. I usually just scream. Yeah. That's how I start my... <laughs> actually, that's how I start my stream today. I think I just yelled because we were two hours late and I was like, well... Why were you we two hours late? Uh, oh, my guest was... Uh, okay, it was, it was my fault, but I'm blaming him. Um, I The night before, I forgot to confirm a time with him and he's in the States, so there was like a big time difference there. Uh, so when I, when, I, when I finally realized and messaged him, he was already asleep. And I was like, oh shit, all right. Uh, but then uh, when I woke up in the morning, I was like, hey, bro, can you uh, film now? And he's like, nope. Oh, <laughs> and I was me. like, okay, I'm still blaming you. <laughs> it was my fault. Oh, that uh, is fucking but yeah, So I just scream. Just scream. Just what scream. are you going to do? You know? you know what? If, it's, if you're going to start it off, start it off with a bang. Absolutely. Yeah. Or start it off horribly so that kind of the bars sit. Exactly. And then from there, it can only go up. Or Yeah, it can only go up. It can't get worse than a scream at the beginning. Um, uh, we were introduced to well at least i was introduced to you through um matt Tabor of the create unknown Likewise. he is a very very nice man let's have an just an appreciation handsome gentleman handsome gentleman who uh, mm. can drink a lot he drunk me under the table when he visited melbourne did he really it was uh he did he's a he's a beast i don't know how he does it <laughs> yeah so you guys you know obviously as you said you you know you met up in Mel- you met in melbourne so that was for a yeah. some sort of creator um what would you call it, a workshop? Is that what it was? Yeah, so the the, the co-working space that uh, I work at, or uh, I, I, I suppose I should say did work at because I haven't been uh, out of this room in about six months, but <laughs> when I was allowed to, we uh, yeah, I worked there and I just so happened to share that co-working space with uh, the very also handsome gentleman at uh, Changes Studios hmm. uh, who do fantastic YouTube uh, man, how do you even describe it? They, they do YouTube workshops and work with YouTubers to optimize their channels, stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so I had this amazing resource at my doorstep and they did a workshop that was aimed at people who had like over 100,000 subscribers, which is definitely not me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, friends in high places, I managed to weasel my way in anyway. Just to, It was kind of like talking about revenue and, you know, how to make cash and things like that. And I was like, oh, it could be good to know for down the track. Uh, so I went along and Matt was the speaker that they'd flown in and I was like, oh, this guy seems right. Had a good chat with him before and after since, you know, it's my office, so I was just there anyway. Uh, and then the next day he was kicking around, uh, doing some work there uh, with the changer guys and I think they they went home early for some reason and he messaged me, he's like, oh, you want to have a couple of drinks? And our office just has free cider and beer on tap. And, uh Jesus. That's, that, 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 that was the night and that was it <laughs> it was uh yeah it was good it was a lot of fun and uh unfortunately it happened like the day before he had to leave or two days before he had to leave so we didn't get to meet up a second time which we wanted to so and then i was going to go visit him in the states this year but um some, yeah that, that thing came up that flu that's been going around what what thing so, uh, I'm, not, I'm actually not aware of this thing that has stopped uh, any international travel sars i think maybe sars so that, that thing was in 2011 it was like I don't know. Yeah, like, it came back. Came back. Shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it worked. It uh, blended with with swine and bird flu. Uh, so we're kind of we're covered from all angles. Uh, fish flu, unfortunately, 
also involved. So really no biome is safe anymore. Shit. I think that sounds that sounds very horrible. Um, I don't know how I didn't hear of it. Uh, was it on the news or was it just like, you know, just spread across? Nah, the- oh. it, was kind of, it was more like a deep web thing. But yeah, I, I don't because you're like in a kind of small small town in Australia. Right? They, they might not have, uh, yeah, might, might not have been talked about much there on on the news oh we actually don't have internet here we're actually doing this through a landline this um this podcast right mm. now and it's like you, I, I i think i keep cut do i do i keep cutting it cut 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 cutting cutting out to you or are we is there a yeah yeah no yeah well i just figured that's just how it is uh you know my experience with small town australia i, I just thought it was an accent but oh fuck me no, are you are you australian phones. is that right you are australian or you're not australian oh god no <laughs> no i've heard because no. like, you are from new zealand is that right yeah, yeah, I'm from New Zealand. Okay, so. Yeah. Okay. so when did you come it's over to Australia? It's funny how many people, like, I don't know if you get this as well, mm. but uh, people outside of Australia and New Zealand cannot pick <laughs> people from Australia or New Zealand. I mean, well, okay, they can pick Australia. Mm. Okay, you, got, you guys have that. It's very rare that someone's like, oh, he's a Kiwi. They always say, I'm Australian. Some people sound British. That's very off. British. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand that one. Um I've had a lot of people be like, oh, you're like the Australian Nakey Jakey. And I'm like, well, I'm neither of those, but thank you. <laughs> the, the Australian Nakey Jakey. I've, how, yeah. how do you get that? Is it, the, is it the, like the slight, slight resemblance? Like very, very slight? I, I'm, a, I'm a white guy who does uh, funny videos on video games. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's literally it. I don't. What a stretch. I mean, is. it's a good compare. You know, it's a compliment. I'll take it. I, I love his stuff. But yeah, it's definitely like, I don't. I don't know where you get that. Jeez. My friend uh, James James Miller said that he gets called the fat Nakey Jakey, and we're both just like, "How does Nakey Jakey have a monopoly on on what? humor?" He is he is a very very funny dude, so I totally get why people say that. But it is uh, it is funny the comparisons people draw. Fuck but yeah, funny. people very very like they struggle to pick that I'm from New Zealand, even even other Australians. You know, it's yeah. It's well, how how long have you been over here and living over here in Australia? Uh, since March of last year. So it's and not boy, that boy, did long. I choose a bad time to move. Absolutely. <laughs> what made you <laughs> want to move over here? The one state that's been uh, decked. Uh, I was ready for a change. Uh, you know, love New Zealand, but uh, just wanted something a bit different. Had a lot of mates over here. You know, just wanted to branch out a bit. And I mean, it's been it's definitely been worth it. The, the opportunities over here uh, on YouTube specifically have been, you know, astronomically more than what i would have gotten in new zealand for example meeting matt i I wouldn't those sort of events just don't really happen in new zealand i think they actually did go to new zealand but it was up in auckland which i'm not from auckland and i don't like auckland um so but like down where i'm from and like bumfuck nowhere uh those things just don't exist and like some of the big youtubers that i've been lucky enough to meet who are either based in melbourne or you know can uh, get their big mates over so yeah it's been really awesome in that regard uh, but uh, being being locked in my house every day has not been as awesome. But that's not Australia's fault, I don't think. I hope not. And I think it's the Chinese, but we're not going to get into that because that feels like a slightly, slightly <laughs> picky subject. Um, I've always thought that, and I've had a few like um, Australian YouTubers, New Zealand YouTubers over on the podcast and discussing sort of, there's not really an industry here for YouTubers of what we do. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember like, I remember the first time, are you aware of the house? Well, you probably would be. Screen Australia, funding, you know, different yep. series, different channels, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. I remember one of the first years, and I think it was the year before, 
might have been two, one or two years before Auntie Donna was one of the sort of bigger alternative channels, alternative creators, if you want to call them mm. that in that, in that case. Um, like that really got like, you know, my eye on it. Um, it was a few years yeah. before that. It was sort of like, I was sort of aware of it, but it was like people like, do you remember Sketch She? Which was like three Australian girls who were like not that funny, but they made a few funny like car sketches and then they sort might of got have, funding. Might have heard of that. Name's familiar anyway. Well, I remember them getting funding and I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. And then I remember like what they made out of it and it really wasn't that good. It wasn't that funny. Yeah. Like I don't like to be like yeah. women aren't funny, but these, they just, I don't know. It really said... They were just not funny. They were, they were unfunny people. There you go. Absolutely. Let's gender, is, gender has nothing to do with it. They were just very un- unfunny people. And I think like in the beginning of seeing sort of like what... Because um, I think that time it was specifically called like the Screen Australia slash YouTube grant, blah, 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 blah. And it was, mm. you know, it seemed like they picked a lot of names rather than like people who might have had a viral hit and that sort of stuff. I remember Superwog yeah, was one yeah. of them back then. And it's like, you know, they... I find them genuinely funny, Superwog. Um, yeah, yeah. But the rest of them were sort of like just sort of nothing. And I, I, sp- mm. I think especially for sort of like what I like to call, as I said before, like alternative creators, um, which I, I feel like we we sort of are. We're in that sort of realm as well. I don't think there's really much support from, or even just an industry, an industry in general. Like, you know, you think, you think of the names as sort of in like, our sort of sphere. It's like, you know, you've got your Max Mofos and your Anything for Views and yeah. there's a handful of others, but there's no one that really, really stands out sort of thing. And those guys, they sort of got big from like, you know, Max, for example, Max Mofo, he got sort of big a little bit beforehand, but it was the collaboration with like Filthy Frank and High Dubs and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, all those guys together, yeah. There wasn't, there's not really an Australian made industry for us sort of people. And it makes me really sad, to be honest. I think that that possibly is the same everywhere, though. Like for the kind of uh, alternate comedy, or you know, just alternate content in general. Like I doubt anyone's lining up to give Idubs, you know, any sort of uh, funding to create whatever TV show he wants to make. You know, I mean, m- maybe they would. It's I guess I could see skeezy people in LA being much more likely to be like, "Oh, this guy's funny. We don't care what he does or says or whatever." You know, the fact that like Eric Andre has a show and it's like really fucking funny or the fact there's places like adult swim that are willing to give more alternative uh shows or or comedians or whatever a platform is really cool so i guess in that regard maybe australia doesn't have as much but yeah i feel like that's kind of the same anywhere Uh, and youtube's doesn't really youtube is much the same right like the amount of creators who don't necessarily toe the line and only make family friendly stuff uh pretty regularly getting stifled or censored or you know hit down in some way or another but i think to be fair in a way that almost makes your content better because it makes it taboo and i think a lot of humor is derived from what can and can't be said so if you didn't have the man stepping down on you and saying no you can't do that you wouldn't be like yeah i'm rebelling (laughs) <laughs> maybe that's one way to look at it to make you feel better because otherwise if the, if YouTube was like yeah edgy content's great go nuts you'd be like oh no I know I exactly do it mean. anymore yeah it's, it'd be like if your dad started doing it you'd be like eh. maybe not your dad dad already does that maybe if your mum <laughs> started maybe if mum started making like edgy jokes she'd be like I, just, I feel weird yeah. about this now absolutely um, what I really think about it though I think it's like okay you know we don't really have an uh, 
a YouTube industry in general, we generally have a decent entertainment scene in general, like a TV movie scene mm. in general. It's like, you know, um, the radio is very like not cool. Um, there's not really much going on TV, like Australian content wise. Like a lot of the, mm. the big, like the big comedy, I don't know. I don't even, I can't even think of, actually, I remember the other day I Googled Australian comedians and there's like Dave Hughes, who's on like the project sometimes now. And like mm. many people don't think of him as a comedian because yeah, he's like, right. you know, he's just like a personality on TV and it's like, you know, all the radio hosts are just usually ex ex contestants on like reality shows, like the bachelor. Yeah, yeah. It's or, very, very bland, exactly. very like easily marketable people. Absolutely. Uh, New, New Zealand's much the same, except our TV is like somehow even worse. Like when you guys take on like America's Idol or The Bachelor or one of these kind of like American style reality shows, you seem to pull it off pretty well. I think just because like the production value is quite a bit higher and, you know, people sort of know what they're doing. Whenever New Zealand does like like a Bachelor or American Idol thing, it's, it's atrocious. It's so funny to watch because it's terrible. But like, I don't know if it's a money thing or I think Kiwis as well. We're just not very... We're not very out there people in that regard, you know. Like Americans are very like like very showman, uh, you know. Like they're like natural showmen. They're very like loud and and, and like attention seeking, not in a negative way. That's you know they're very boisterous people, which is which is great uh, for TV. But as soon as you've got like twenty uh, Kiwi lads lads and lasses vying over one guy on the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, it's like it's it's not really how we are. Yeah. I don't think so. It just, it just feels very old or unnatural. Um, so I feel like that might have something to do with it. But I mean, there's great TV that's uh, and movies that have come out of both countries that, you know, like uh, Outrageous Fortune is a classic Kiwi TV show. Uh, Castle, one of my favorite Australian movies. Um, oh, you know, there's, there's a lot of good, there is a lot of really good content coming out uh, of these countries. But I, honestly, you know, I know you said that there isn't much of an industry here, which is, you know, possibly true. I, I couldn't, speak on that specifically but a lot of my favorite content is from australian creators really? uh so you know even if they aren't being supported by the government or whoever uh or youtube for that matter there there are still really fantastic australian creators out there making really awesome stuff so yeah it's still reassuring that that is that's the case okay you know, we, don't, we don't need to, we don't need a, a, the big man giving us a thumbs up no, in order to no, make cool right. shit so who yeah. who specifically from Australia are you watching? Uh, well, I mean, Max and Chad are obviously the big ones. Uh, I got to meet Chad at a party and I've got a photo of him with his balls out uh, standing with me. So that's great. Um, oh, that's perfect. Absolutely. So those those guys I love. Friendly Geordies has got some really funny videos as a, well. I really like him. I love his... Um, I'd never thought I'd get into politics at all, especially Australian politics. It's like, you know, yeah. you can sort of like look at American politics and go, ha ha, like that's sort of like, you know. Like I, Nelson from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, just like laughing from afar. Exactly right. Like, you know, a Donald Trump meme I can find funny and like, you know, Barack Obama and like little, th and then like little things yeah. just in general um, with the actual like, you know, political landscape. But like over here, it's like, I don't give a shit. But he's made me yeah. sort of sort of give a shit. And it's interesting how the way he frames it makes me care about Australian politics. It's weird. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying is it's like if you were to take that same content and then put it on TV, it would be like cut down and boring and dry and, you know, or, you know, the comedy would be really safe or just, I don't know, shitty. I, I think that's what's awesome about YouTube is that it gives creators like him the ability to talk about a topic that traditionally is 
fucking brain dead like politics. I, I'm the same. I fucking hate politics. I don't. I, it's important, and I'm glad that people pay attention to it. But I do not. Um, but you know, even still, I even even though I can't even vote here, I don't really care that much about some of these issues. I just he he phrases some of them in interesting ways or funny ways that like I'm not necessarily agree with all the time but i'm definitely like okay this is really entertaining content or this is telling it in a really interesting way um and you know i think that's that's awesome is that yeah we youtube gives you a platform to make videos about anything in whatever weird stupid way you want and there'll be an audience out there for it absolutely i find find Um, very i can't think of any others off the top of my head but uh yeah they're they're, oh (laughs) how to basic i love his stuff of course (laughs) Absolutely. Number so, one Australian YouTube channel. <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy to believe that like, how do I say this? The shittest content that I've ever seen is also the most popular content that Australia has ever put out. And that hurts. That's a good, med- that's a good metaphor really, isn't it? It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I don't know. It's like, I feel like, then again, like I feel like it's, it's not really, um, it doesn't have to be you know, like sort of country by country based, like a lot of the commentary mm. community and like the sort of like the people I interact with, most of the creators themselves aren't Australian. Um, they're American or they're British or they're mm. Canadian even. And it's like, I think, you know, it doesn't have to be just like country by country, but I think it feels really good talking to creators who are actually from this country being friends with people who are living in this country, because it's like, I don't know, it makes it feel like, Oh, I guess it's the same sort of thing. It's like, you know, you turn on um, the Rugby World Cup and I don't give a shit about rugby. I don't give a shit about sport in general. But if I see Australia, I'm going to go like, you know, go team go. It's like, that's yeah, pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. It's like, he's from he's from my country and just shit like that. But it's, um, I don't know. I think that they, part of me feels like, because as long as time it was sort of, um, me making content, you know, with just a bunch of friends and like friends are dipped in, friends are dipped out. But I would really like to sort of um, help create an industry here. Like, it's not like it's my mm. goal. Maybe it's like just sort of like a subconscious thing where it's like, let's lift all of each, like, let's just lift each other up. Because there are so many like great, great content creators from from Australia who've got like nothing. Like there was funny story. There's a, I did an interview with, with Noke Eric, who's a mm. very, very, funny internet man from america um yeah he i did a podcast with him and i just had this this kid this guy he he messaged me on um he emailed me actually then i talked to him on instagram for a bit and then talked to him on discord sam's movies and he is like just a young bloke from melbourne and we're on the very we've, we've been talking every every single day since he messaged me and he's like done a lot of really good videos he did a video very yeah. very recently and it was on and I'm trying to think exactly what it's on, and I've lost my train of thought. I need, I'll I'll look it up, but it's yeah. it's interesting how it's like just the fact that I'm an Australian who's making content that you know is into sort of his realm and his interests, and it's like he just gravitates towards that more so than maybe somebody who's from Brit- Britain doing the same thing or from America mm. doing the same sort of thing. Um, what was it? Oh, it was on the po- it was the Oh, what was it called? The co- it was a pilot that Adult Swim did. It was called The Greatest Cartoon That Never Did. Let me just find the... I'm waiting right. for the video to load. The Greatest Cartoon That Never Was. It was Corgarth of Barbaria. It was an Adult Swim pilot that they put out and it was of this 
huge production value. It was a great, great, great animated pilot. And then Adult Swim just didn't mm. fund it. And it's like, you know, it's been stuck in limbo since then. It's had a cult classic following ever since then. He did a great video on that. And I'm looking at the views right now, 142 views. But that video is fucking great. And it's just like, I think for it, not that it just, um, it just fucks creators, like the algorithm and all that sort of shit. I do think that like, while there's so many ways that it, us Australian creators can go and like, you know, you can go to workshops, which obviously help. And you can go, you can mm. do the meetups, which can obviously help. And you can do all this um, tag and metadata stuff, which obviously helps. But it might not. And it usually doesn't. And I think 80% of the time it's like, you know, you can do everything. But it, it does nothing. It was that Matt, um, did you listen to the Create Unknown podcast at all that came out a few weeks ago with uh, the boys who have the, on the, have the Gush podcast? And I'm blanking what their names are right now. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um slush and uh link glunk glink yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. no i haven't i haven't listened to that one yet i uh, i've been meaning to i've actually i've my podcast listening time is very all over the place because i've been editing so much video lately mm. and when i'm edit, editing video i can't listen to podcasts because i have to listen to audio right on the exact same uh yeah right so it's uh, it's a bit all over the place so i have i've had chance to listen to one and i listened to the creator known with idubs which was really awesome that was, uh, that was a great episode. haven't listened to that one yet so uh, what, what happened on that one? Well, the only big thing that I wanted to mention specifically was that they sort of discussed that, I can't remember if it was Matt or it was Kevin, they were at a, it was might have been at a VidCon, and it was a lady who was doing a, um, like a, a, a talk on going viral. And she talks about how this video that she did like seven years ago went viral and, you know, it's like, you know, make your content interesting and all this sort of shit. And it's like, Nobody, it's like, you know, obviously if, you know, if you knew how to go viral, you would have gone viral again. Yeah. And it's like, there's not, I don't think there's, there's no tried and true method of like growing an audience or making a viral video or like, it's not hard. Not that it's not hard. You can practice and you can hone a video and make a really good video or a great video, but it's like, fuck, more than likely in the beginning, no one's going to fucking see it unless it like something like the algorithm picks it up or, um, you know, some creator sees it and just shares it. And then all their Twitter followers mm. find it and it goes from there. Like I remember Tomska who did like ASDF, I think it was like, um, the second ASDF. And the only reason it sort of like went viral was because Aston Kutcher, who was the most followed person on Twitter at the time, shared it. And then it got all oh, this sure. traffic, which is like, okay, Ashton Kutcher shared my little shitty animated video, which it, like really, in realist, if we're going to be realistic, it was fucking shittily animated, like back in 2008, 2009, whatever time it was. Sure, yeah. But it's like, that's the thing. I don't think there's any tried and true method for people to grow. And it's, I don't know. It's like, have you had, like, I, I can see like, you know, you've, cause you had a viral video. I saw that. I was actually looking at your channel before. It's like, you had a quote-unquote viral video and it's like you can do everything yeah. but it's how do you actually keep those people it's uh it's a weird one there's there's like you said there's no one true tried and method tried and true method i feel like there's a hundred small methods and maybe some of them will work <laughs> uh what uh, what did i do so yeah the video you, i'm assuming you're talking about is the cool cat one yes indeed. that one was so that one had a couple of things going for it. Uh, I can see the first I, one right here, and it's in the title of the video. Mm. So the, the I guess the whole idea I, I have when 
creating videos, and it's what I still have today, is I look to fill a niche. That's number one. I look to see what is a topic that is interesting to me first and foremost, like try and make content that I'm interested in because otherwise what's the fucking point? So I look for a topic that I find really interesting and what about that topic has not been explored or what are people interested in? So I think the Cool Cat video hit an interesting mark where the, uh, I, I find Derek Savage, the creative Cool Cat, which is this horribly made children's movie in the same style as like The Room or whatever. Uh, he, the, it's a fascinating movie. There's a really big kind of cult following online from it, uh, from people like your movie sucks and I hate everything who have done reviews of it. Uh, but the guy who creates it is like equally a, a part of the law because he's just, he's he's outrageous and weird and, and, and you know, a funny guy uh, who's done some very questionable things and all of that information is sprinkled across like seven or eight videos ranging from like 10 minutes to an hour long and and i you know i'm the sort of person who like gets obsessed with these strange characters online and like falls down a rabbit hole and i think other people are as well but not I mean not everyone has that uh that level of drive to like really research them or or, or whatever uh, and to be, you know, even I didn't until I made that video because you're not going to sit down and listen to an hour-long podcast about this one dude necessarily unless you're really scraping for information. So what I did was I compiled all this information that was available across all these different videos on all these different channels and I just put it all into one video and also just tried to make it an entertaining video on top of that. So it's like, here, here's information that you want um, but maybe didn't necessarily know you wanted. Uh, a and then b how can i make it funny uh and how and keep that engaging going uh, engagement as a result uh and the cherry on top was uh, i've been very fortunate enough to uh, have internet historian the great internet historian uh, reach out to me after finding one of my videos on reddit um and he's such a good guy who uh also at like kiwi creator living in australia so you know there's another one um can't believe I didn't think of him before when I said my list. I was thinking of Australian creators and I, I still, I picture him as a Kiwi creator because i got to take everything I can get because we've only got like three of us. There's <laughs> him, right. there's Dolan, uh, Dolan Duck, who's a very nice dude I've met as well. And there's a lot of other Kiwi YouTubers, I think, but I don't actually really know many of them. But in the sphere that I'm in, those are the ones I think of. Yeah. Anyway, he was really cool, reached out to me. We talked in the DMs for a bit. And then when I was putting that Cool Cat video together, there was a segment where I was like, his voice would be, perfect for this just his very dry uh you know uh, way he speaks in his videos i think would be really funny for this particular bit uh and putting him in the title as well was obviously a component of that and that i believe was like that was the kind of spark you know if all the if the quality content was like pouring the gasoline then that was the spark that was like that suckered people in and then the content kept them staying um so that that was personally how I how that video went viral. It was ninety percent historian, but you know, if if I made a shitty video that also it's a historian in it, I don't know if that would have done nearly as well. You know, it might have just been like a couple thousand views. And in fact, it was for the first two or three months. It was on it sat on two thousand views. It maxed out there and didn't grow at all. Really? And then like one Sunday, I was checking my stats, and it was like, you know, my bars went from like oh to you know, two views every hour to like 20 views every hour. And I was like, oh shit, that's like, a, you know, the the graph's like 10 times as big. I was like, God damn, what's happened here? And then next hour was like 50 views. And then it was like 80, uh, you know, and then it was like a thousand. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So that was, that was like a real, that was a real rush. Um, but I guess that just goes to show if you make 
like decent evergreen content two three months from now one of those old videos can just get picked up and that, and and you know that was the algorithm that was the algorithm being like well these people like cool cat and they like instant historian and i guess it, it just finally found its niche you know i kept trying all these probing these little different areas and eventually it found one that clicked uh and so that was the story behind that video uh, the the other the reason historian found me in the first place is I put another video on Reddit on the mealtime videos subreddit, hmm. which is a video a subreddit dedicated to long form videos, and it was a, it was about advertising and like the the kind of sneaky modern advertising techniques, which is something else I find interesting, and I kind of phrased it on Reddit because uh, there's a whole segment about Reddit in it and how people are like utilizing Reddit to you know create their own uh, quote unquote organic viral marketing campaigns. And that was sort of how I sold it to Reddit. Even that was only one segment of the video. I was like, oh, it's a video about marketing on Reddit. And uh, it, 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 for whatever reason, that one just did really well on that subreddit. Um, none of my videos have done well on Reddit since. So that was definitely a one-off. <laughs> but it was enough to, to give me that first initial boost. And from that, you know, historian found me and yeah, the rest is history. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you make quality that people want to see and if you... Uh, put it in places where people would want to see it statistically eventually something's going to happen uh that might i I definitely got lucky in how quick all that happened but you know i think hard work and and dedication and like persistency uh sorry consistency and persistence is uh is going to pay off way more than you know anything else that's from what i've seen anyway okay interesting because what i was one thing i wanted to ask was after sort of the the bully behind cool cat video took off with that algorithm how how did your your sub your subscriber growth go from there so i was on about 800 before that uh that first video that went big on reddit that shot me up from about 35 to 900 um jesus christ in a week yeah so that that was crazy that i remember talking to matt about that because that was around the time he met me was just after that video had kind of oh it was a couple months after that video had done really well um so the bully behind cool cat was out but had was like i said sitting on like a thousand views or something when when i met matt and he i remember him telling me that the the subscriber retention from that was pretty crazy because yeah the view the video had like the advertising one that was on reddit had about ten thousand views and i got about 900 subs from it that's really it's like good. a 10 percent you know almost 10 percent uh subscriber retention which is pretty high uh, my, that is not my subscriber attention anymore but at that time that was what it was and it was kind of you know i remember him saying that was really good so so that was cool and then yeah the the cool cat one that was uh that's currently on about two hundred fifty thousand views i think and i got 271 about is actually 271 yeah. yeah it's 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 definitely slowed down a lot uh, in the last couple of months but it's uh you know relatively speaking anyway um but it's uh that that shot me up from yeah about 800 900 subs to 9000 uh, which was like the, the first few thousand came in a in a day it was one of those weird things where it just the, <laughs> it hit me all at once you know you kind of I, I kind of expected it to just keep going up gradually and like I'll have my my 1000 sub milestone and then my 2000 sub milestone but all of those happened in like 2 days which was like a really awesome feeling when uh, yeah when I was like oh shit okay, I'll post on Twitter. Thank you everyone for the thousand subs. This is so cool. And then suddenly it's like, oh shit, now do I do another one for 2000? And then, yeah, it it just kind of kept going. Um, So that was like a, yeah, it's an amazing feeling, but 
it's it's weird. You kind of at a certain point you get over it. Which sounds weird. So what? So what a point? Let me explain. So what? I just want to ask. What point did you hit? Um, nine thousand. Because you haven't like you know you are still you know growing bit by bit, but it's sort of it mm. does. Because I remember seeing you like a few weeks ago, and you were still around that sort of mark. It has stagnated, which is you know like it's yeah. sad. <laughs> not, yeah, not a bad it's way. definitely. <laughs> it's uh, well, let me pull up my stats now. So it's. Uh, yeah, I'm currently on nine thousand one hundred thirty-four. So, the uh, the bully behind Cool Cat is still the number one top video in the last forty-eight hours. It's sort of that's just what it's been. It's just been consistently that's number one for however you know many uh, many days. Uh, it, the subscribers from that have def- like because there's just not as many people watching it. Subscribers from that has definitely eased off. Uh, so yeah, we hit nine thousand. Um, Man, yeah, when did we hit nine thousand? It was it was a month or two ago, okay. I believe. Maybe about two actually two or three months ago. Yeah. So it's definitely like it's slowed down. But you know, it doesn't really doesn't bother me. There's still a really passionate, like, core group of people who have been super lucky to to uh you know, accrue throughout this uh, endeavor and the people of like the people on the Discord started up a discord semi recently as well and been streaming like once a week and the people you know i see this familiar faces and 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 all those and it's super cool just seeing that that audience there uh so yeah it's things have definitely slowed down but again that happens no matter what you do really you know the the when that reddit video was first blowing up and i was like holy shit this is this is crazy i'm at you know 800 subs that that was it i was sitting on like 800 subs for like three or four months then uh whereas you know for the for uh, every day i was waking up to like another couple hundred and then and then it just stopped again and then yeah like i said two months later when i thought like nothing much was going to go on and i was just chipping away at other videos just that one just took off out of nowhere uh and that yeah that can just happen which mm. is good i guess but also well, like like you said before mm. with the with the youtube algorithm you're kind of like okay how do i how do i do that specific rain dance to make that happen again um, yeah, and there's no way to do again, it. But again, I think just making good quality content, uh, it's it's definitely, yeah. If you just keep making good content, and eventually something will click, that's been my uh, my my limited experience. So to give you a sort of uh, a brief overview of my career at my career, fucking what is this? It's a fucking shitty YouTube channel. I start, I tell everyone that I'm a I'm a CEO, I'm a famous CEO, but I'm I'm very humble. I know that I'm not shit. I'm not shit at all. But it's like, I sort of started, um, I think it's coming on, no, it's just been over five years. And like in the first year it yeah. was, so I started off, it was like, okay. Because the one thing I want to do for ages was animated content. Like I was, I was heavily inspired by like Adult Swim, um, South yeah. Park, all that sort of stuff. And I had a friend who was an animator and that sort of stuff. We sort of like, you know, realized that the, the, the way we wanted to do things was slightly different. And that's fine. He's taken off and done some ventures and gotten fucking hundreds of thousands of subs with some different channels. I'm like, fuck's sake. Why did it ha- why couldn't that happen to me? But you know, that's that's another story. But it's sort of I made my sort of my po- I started the podcast, like did a few bit of a pilot of that, um, like a pilot season of that, about thirteen episodes, while also working on the first season of sort of what what was Marty's in that show, which is for for those who don't know, probably the listeners do, but for you. Um, it's sort of like a, it's a mockumentary series where I play a character called Marty. Um, every, yeah. everyone thought the first season was great. It was, it was a, it's a cult, cult classic season. People say, cause I spent a lot of time on it, that sort yeah. of stuff. And after that I was like, well, I spent 
sort of ended up being like six months on shooting these just four 11 minute episodes. And it's like, you know, there was some stuff we reshot and like things happen, life happens, blah, blah, blah. And after that, I was like, I could shoot these really, really quick, like easy. Like I could shoot like four episodes over like two, three days. So we did that yeah. and it was pretty good. And then after that, I was putting a, a few different series. I went to the podcast twice a week, which is a bad idea because it's like if people weren't listening in the first place. Why would they listen to two episodes a week? Um, and then yeah. I sort of like changed things up. And then I was sort of like, oh, I need to get out content, but I want to make it good. But I was struggling to find the balance. And then I was trying different stuff. Um, I did like a mini documentary with this kid, Caleb Templeman, who's like this, he's friends with Phil Dogs and who's like, who Max Mofo follows and like sort of like, not makes fun of, but like makes fun of. Like he's just this quirky, he's a, they. Yeah, I know. I met, I met Phil Dogs at You VidCon. fucking did not. Uh, Bullshit. Really? Yeah. So I was working. So those, the changer guys I was mentioning earlier, yeah. who uh, the, the YouTube fellas, they, uh, they had me and a couple of others. I uh, helped run their booth at VidCon last year, uh, which was a booth within the creator uh, zone, I guess, of the of the convention where it was sort of a space. I, th- I think they had some some kind of connection with, uh, the, you know, they've got all these connections with YouTube and Google and stuff. And, uh, and I, I suppose as a result, VidCon as well. And they had some kind of partnership where it was like they set up a space where people could film vlogs and things because it was the the vibe in the creator section of vidcom was very like oh meet all these other creators like minor creators and collaborate and swap you know blah 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 and so it was kind of like a dedicated collaboration space pretty much it was like there was a chair with like good lighting and you know props and whatever else if you wanted to film stuff uh and uh yeah phil dogs uh he, he went and he filmed a bunch of stuff there and uh he was an, a very interesting gentleman and uh yeah i've i have since noticed that <laughs> max mofo and chad uh, regularly uh, uh, interact with him on Twitter, and uh, he seems like a very interesting man. <laughs> he's a very good. He's a very nice man. He follows me on Instagram and Twitter, and he's a, you know, he's. Um, I sort of followed his sort of life, um, which is, yeah. sounds very creepy. He was his best friend, the guy called Brandon Raps, and he was a YouTuber as well. And then there was beef there, and there's another guy called Detwinder, and like they did diss tracks, and it's like it's really this convoluted <laughs> sort of. I don't. It's like. It's like the underground Australian YouTube that I just like can't help but watch for the cringe factor. And it's like, they're all nice guys and they're all like, just, you know, trying to make it. And like, you know, they've got, there's, yeah. there's interesting things about them, but I don't know. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I think cringe just, cringe is my favorite thing. Cringe is just what, what oh, really dude, gets I me. I love cringe. I've, I was, um, man. Yeah. It's, I've found it. I don't know if you've had this recently. It's really fine. Hard to find good homegrown cringe. When I say homegrown, I don't mean from like necessarily from here, just like your good organic cringe because so much of it is either. I think it's the same with anything. Once, once it goes mainstream, it gets ruined. So there used to be a real kind of appetite for cringe on Reddit and, you know, 4chan and elsewhere. And you could go there and you could find, all these really funny videos and images from very strange people like Phil Dogs or whoever. But these days it's, I don't know, it's a mixture of like, A, people they people are probably putting it on sometimes because they know it'll get them views. So it's like, okay, they could be faking it. But more importantly, it's like the people who share it are doing so with like a kind of malicious intent a lot of the times, you know? Maybe I'm just looking at rose tinted glasses. In fact, I almost certainly am, but... 
I feel like you used to just be kind of like like a zoo <laughs> where you hit like shit and you'd be like, hey, check this out. You just watch from afar. And, and now people like they share it and then like 512 year olds who, because again, it's mainstream now. So like kids know about it. So like all these like 12 year old kids will go and swarm whoever this person is that they're talking about and like bully them in the comments. And it's like, just fucking just leave them alone. They're not hurting anyone. Like just, I just want to watch them and, and, and kind of observe them from afar and enjoy the the spectacle and these kids come and ruin it by like bullying them uh which you know could be uh, not to get into this too much but the whole the whole leafy thing Mm. uh not not talking about his banning or whatever just talking about his his traditional content was very much that it was very much hey here's this child or whoever man he's such a loser look at him he's such a piece of shit blah 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 and then you know he's leafy had predominantly younger fans who uh you know malformed children with smooth brains and would they go and harass the people so it's like that's the sort of cringe i feel like that's most cringe these days i find it really difficult to just find uh cringe where it's just like like a a guy on youtube just being bizarre by himself where without people like getting mean about it or or also like a lot of the time it's mixed in with like weird like alt-right shit or just other political stuff i'm like yeah before i remember when cringe used to be simple oh absolutely i remember those days the good old days um yeah before i finish just laugh at some brony like shitting himself in his diapers or whatever you're like this is great i'm (laughs) loving this but now it's like they just they put on the shit do you know what i mean it's like it's not it's like it's not it's not the cringe i I know and love like absolutely like people become self-aware a lot as well Mm. uh like they've realized like like i love the whole neckbeard fedora meme i think that's such a and there are definitely still people who have just zero self-awareness who will still wear a fedora unironically or like fucking wield a katana, uh, you know, as though it's a genuine weapon. Um, that still exists, but it, it used to be a very common occurrence. Uh, and I think that, that becoming a meme has made that kind of die out a bit. So, yeah. But I think some people can okay. do it like really, like really, really well. Like there's so many, I've had got so many thoughts, there's so many little 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 topics in there that I really wanted to discuss. And one of them was just like, I think if you can sort of make it not, if you don't know if it's real or not, like if you're sort of like mm. on that sort of, on, if you're on that fence, like, do you remember Copper Cab at all? Uh, no, I don't think the so. The redhead, oh, gingers don't have souls, kid. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah of course. Um, like I remember following him a long time after and it's like, for the longest time, you weren't really sure if he was like really self-aware of who he was. Like he ended yeah. up getting like a, he a TV show or something. Yeah, so that's exactly what I was about to bring up. He got a TV show with his Meemaw and all that sort of shit. And I think it was like sort of, they sort of put it on, but it was sort of like still cringe at the same time. It just felt like yeah. cringe just went from the internet to a television show. I think in other cases, it seems like, I think in terms of people who are sort of like generally cringe, they see, oh, this gets me views and stuff. And then they try to go from there. Like, do you, are you aware of Justin Ryan at all? No, I don't think so. No. So he was back in the day. I think it was, it was more Facebook at the time. Um, he was just like this Mm. young guy and he was dating this chick called Jem Jem. And it was like, Oh, Jem Jem, give me a kiss. And like, you know, it was like, it was just like cringe. That that sounds familiar. Does it? Well, that's, they were, cause they were, they were viral on Facebook for the longest time when like Facebook had, you know, that's, that's actually, that's bringing back some memories now. Yeah. Cause it's hard to, it's it's actually hard to think of the fact that Facebook had like organic, like content that was like, you know, (laughs) Facebook homegrown. Um, but I remember that very, very specifically. And then, 
Like I've seen, I've like sort of half followed him since then. And it's like, you know, he would have his stuff on his Facebook and he was on TikTok for a while. And I remember there was this, it was him and this other bloke. And I don't know why they, I don't know what the fuck it was. I think it was just like, they were both two cringe guys who really had nothing go, going for them. Except like Justin had made some viral videos at one point because he was yeah. cringe and like there was a thing where they were like naked in the bathtub together and it's like, oh, we're gay together. Let's like kiss in the bathtub. Oh, we're gay together. Yeah, oh, yeah. don't hate on us. And it was like, he saw these videos. Like they obviously like weren't gay. It was just like, it was actually, it's actually kind of offensive. They're putting on being gay to be like, to try and go viral. And that's actually kind did, of offensive to the LGBT Paul community. did that as well, didn't he? He was like, I'm going to be gay for a month. Oh, what the then. fuck is that? Who does that? That like, oh, I'm going to be gay for yeah, a month. It's, it, is, it is offensive. It is kind of like, you know, appropriating like gay. Uh, yeah, it's it's very, I don't know. There's uh, some of the cringe I do like, which is, it's it's definitely put on because I know it gets some views, but I don't know at what level of irony they're sitting on. Mm. Uh, those kids channels like that, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's something productions. He's pretty much like J station level mm. or J stations cringe by himself. So that's one oh, example. Absolutely. But, uh, there's another guy. He's like a British guy. Um, but I think he might be originally like Indian or something. He's, he's his accent's like not British. Mm. Um, but he's got like a kind of British English. Anyway, he, he does like these sort of shitty ones. Uh, it's called like JR productions or something productions, but he does those like, don't call slender man at 3am videos oh yeah but like he just yeah. does not like like t- i guess to your point of uh uh going viral on youtube or, or finding success on youtube this this cunt has like 3 million subscribers or some absurd amount he's every week or every day or however often he uploads for like the last four years he's made the exact same video and it somehow hasn't gotten old for him. I don't know how he does it. It's like, he'll be like, oh, don't call. It's just whatever's popular right now. So like, it'll be don't call Boss Baby when Boss Baby was out or it'll be, you know, like whatever horror movie's popular right now, like uh, Bird Box or <laughs> bloody, you know, what? just whatever the fuck everyone's talking about. He'll be like, don't call the villain from that movie at 3 a.m. Or he'll try and mix it up where he'll do two of them at once, or just. But it's it's still the exact same format every single time. He's you can watch you can see breakdowns of it where like it's the exact same thing, and to me that's kind of that's funny cringe because this dude just seems like like a, a numbskull who saw he was getting success from this one particular thing, and just has no like like creative drive to try and push outside of that, and like has just like made a weird career out of it somehow. It's very bizarre. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Again kids you know if there's ever something weird online you don't understand it's kids but that that's definitely a bit of a cringe i've been enjoying lately um and again he knows he knows why he's like like you say he's doing it because he knows it makes him popular but i don't think he's doing it with like any semblance of irony he's he's just genuinely like well i gotta do this because this pays the bills <laughs> oh fuck me that's fucking ridiculous i think it's like the one thing we can actually agree on is that good content trumps all. It's not just like regular content and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's like, mm. if you have a format that it's like, you can sit at a desk and record it and then put it out once a week. It, and if it's good, it's it's good. If it's like Leafy mm. and it's literally just gameplay and him doing commentary over a video and it's like, it's entertaining. Like, it's, it, they are, I would even say the videos are good. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, when you see a shit, shit video, you don't even want to watch it. You click off. 
The thing yeah. is, his videos are engaging yeah. enough to get views and that sort of thing. It's like you can't say it's not, I don't know, a good video. You might it might not be your taste. It might not be. It could be a lot better, a hundred percent. But they're not bad videos to any stretch of the imagination. Oh no, absolutely. They're, they're, they're made competently enough. That's the, you can't you can't look at someone who had four and a half million subscribers or however many he'd had. Pardon me, and say he's a, say he's a failure. He's an yeah. His content was bad. I don't. I like. I think it's shitty content. But like, it obviously was to me. But it's bad to me. Um, but yeah, to your to your like point, it's it was obviously serving a niche that a specific audience, probably kids. You know, like just not not to be mean or whatever. Like that's just that's just what it is, right? Like I can't see any like twenty six year olds being like, all right. <laughs> what 12 year old can I bash today it was it was you know it was aimed at kids uh but he made it entertaining for kids to fuck with whoever he was talking about that week uh and so yeah like it's I, I wouldn't say they're great videos but they are good for the purpose that they served uh and yeah but he's had to he tried he tried to adapt Obviously, that didn't really work out. Well, no, he did not try. Fuck off. He did not try to adapt. He did not try to adapt no, at all. He did the same thing, and now his YouTube is gone. Yeah, well, he even said he even said like in his videos that he's like, I'm not. I'm just gonna keep doing this until I get banned. Like he's, he he made no effort to to fix his or cha- fix in quotations to change his content, uh, which I guess is like I, like I can see some merit in that. Like good on him for not censoring himself, but. You know, the 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 the, tra- the trade off is he can't then turn around and be mad that his channel got banned. <laughs> no, and that's exactly right. Is it, but was he really mad? I think he sort of it was just like, I, like he's oh, like no. he's worth fucking tons of money. He's got like a Fuck YouTube no. channel with tons of things, and I'm pretty sure he's like into stocks or something. So like he's you know, he's fine. He doesn't need YouTube. You know, like I feel like if he was someone who genuinely relied on it, he would have he would have towed the line. You know, like if it was like oh shit, if this is my this is where next week's rent's coming from. Like he wouldn't have fucked around. I don't, I th- that's the thing is it's, you can look at him and be like, oh, he's such a, he's such a hero. He doesn't toe the line and bend over for YouTube. But it's like, he doesn't need to. <laughs> like, no, exactly. <laughs> he, he fucking would if he had to. I can oh, guarantee yeah. that. But like, you know, sad, he's not going to, mm. he's not going to stay a bastion from free speech and then just like, I don't know, <laughs> go, go clean, uh, go work as a janitor somewhere. It's like, that's not going to happen. He's going to, he's going to do what uh, gets him money. And that's and, exactly right. Yeah. And like, okay, and like, yeah, I know nice. many stories of like him just like sort of. I like there's the the thing with, and I can't remember the YouTuber's name because he's that irrelevant now. And it was like so he did like an animation for the start of his video, and it was like, oh, is twenty dollars okay? There was like the whole big meme. I can't remember the name of the YouTuber, um, but like there was that, and it's like there's there's proof of him sort of being like a little bit stingy. And it's like it's obviously yeah. stingy there because it's like it's the same content. It's the one microphone he's used the whole time. You can call that stingy, which it is, but it's, it's it means he's good with money. And like as the stocks thing, there's the he's invested in his own clothing label and that sort of stuff as well. And it's like that's taken yeah. off, and that can sort of like you can create like it's the same sort of thing with like you know people who like um, sell shitty products or shitty shirts online. It's sort of that, but like he's developed in his own name, and you know mm. you can have a self sustaining merch store, a hundred percent easy, and he's doing it like in a premium way i guess and it's like it's not it's like a spread shirt it's like he's that has his own official store it's like the framing of that and the mm. other thing i was going to say was it's like okay what would make leafy more relevant in general him coming back and sort of turning down his content so he doesn't get 
maybe not like kicked off. He might get demonetized, but or struggle to be monetized, yeah. and then like you know stay like that for a while, or do it for two months, get kicked off the platform, and then other opportunities come up. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like what is more valuable? Obviously, he doesn't need the YouTube money, but you know this has made his stock rise above yeah like if he if was doing like a suicide by cop sort of thing where he was like well i'm gonna go out anyway like i'm a, you know i was planning to delete my youtube anyway i might as well go out with a bang and that way everyone can get upset at youtube instead or you know yeah the, uh, he for all we know that's what he had planned from the start um he was he obviously hadn't uploaded it to his youtube in like what four years or something like maybe he just planted never really use it again and he just thought shit well i might as well get rid of this in a, in a more interesting way that will get me some more credit no, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard to know. I the, uh, the whole, well, I won't get into this too far. I just feel like I need to mention this. I don't think he should have been banned in that way anyway. I feel like he should have been given a more warning. But yeah, warning. Yeah. and that's I think that's wrong in general to any channel, no matter what they do. Well, obviously, if they if they actually breach it, like you know, um, you know, there's many yeah, people. If you start uploading fucking porn to YouTube or whatever, like yeah, you know, and and you could draw parallels between like the bullying he was doing, like he was he was breaching the terms of service. I don't disagree with like any of that. Like I, you know, his his content should have uh, should have gotten strikes. I I, I believe I'm really, I don't really watch all of it, so you know, I could be wrong. But from my understanding, anyway, um, he was breaching YouTube's terms of service. But the fact that it just out of nowhere they just nuked it all. And didn't, you know, he's a prominent channel. His videos were getting a lot of views. Like, surely it must have been on their radar at some point uh, for them to be like, hey, don't fucking keep doing this or we're going to ban you. I feel like that's something that every creator deserves because, yeah. I don't oh, know. Absolutely. That's, they deserve at least the respect from the platform that, like, mm. even if, like, you're blatantly doing, you're blatantly just trying to breach the terms of service and all that sort of shit, you know, uh, you should be notified. Do you know what I mean? Like he might yeah. go like, I want to, he could have been realistically, he could have been like, oh, I'm going to push it as far as I can. And, you know, like be like, oh, I'm going to have two strikes on my channel and like things are going to be absolutely shit. And I can be completely demonetized. Obviously, you know, as he, as yeah. he said, he probably doesn't need the money, but like still have his channel there. But it's like, okay, channel's gone. Do you know what I mean? No notice. Yeah. It's a bit wrong, and now I Twitch, think. And Twitch banned him as well now, which is the even weirder thing. But I saw that, but what was the reasoning for that? Did, that, did it say? I can't I remember. I don't I don't think they even found out. I don't really know. It, yeah. I, I don't... I know we just talked about this for the last 10 minutes, but I don't really follow this stuff all too much, uh, to be honest. I, I, I don't follow a lot of YouTube drama just because I find it... Um, I, find it I find it can sometimes be bad for my mental health. <laughs> Absolutely. I like watching cringe videos uh, and cooking. That's that's my thing. I watch I watch cringe videos and cooking videos. Cooking now, videos. Can make a, the the best one of the best cringe videos is a cooking video. It's cooking with Masalkis. If you've ever seen that, no. it's just like this guy who's he must be like a tweaker or something. I don't know, but he's like he's he's making food in his like dilapidated like kitchen, and he goes there's just pots everywhere. It's like it looks it's like a hoarder's house, but he's teaching how to cook. And he's he's either like drunk or high or on something when he does it, and he just does the worst stuff. And it really does toe the line between like, is he putting this on or is this fake? But it's it was it was from like 2010, mm. which I don't I don't think irony existed back then. So like it might have been real. Um, Holy shit! That, yeah. I haven't even seen the video, and that that concept just sounds fucking hilarious. That sounds like a sketch that you'd see like on just some you know if you turn on the TV late at night, and it's like you know. Um, I don't yeah. know, with Bob and David. And like with Bob and David are doing some shitty like 
um, cooking. It does segment. seem like a weird adult adult swim. Like they'd put the how adult swim does those weird things at like three a.m. Yeah. where they just like play like ten minute things from like random creators. It seems like that because it's but it's shot like POV style. He's only got he's he's holding the camera in one hand, obviously. So like he has to do everything with one hand. Which, you know, try cooking a meal with one hand. Not very easy. So he's constantly fucking up in that way as well. It's 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 unreal. Um so yeah, that's that's more what I watch. Oh, I love that. I love I actually remember um I one of my best friends, you know, I would go to his house like every few days after I finished school. It was like all the time. And it was every time we'd go there, you know, we'd hang out and just talk and like maybe play some video games and after a while it's like, you know, we're just chilling and I'll just go into his computer and just you know typing cringe compilation and i'll just have it on yeah. the screen he's and he he ends up going like we started hanging out less and less like we're, we're still like the, we're the best mates but it's like like why don't we hang out anymore and he's the, the joke he he didn't know I, I thought it was real at first but he was like the cringe compilations like i can't hang around <laughs> you it's just that's all you fucking watch all the fucking time i'm like i'm sorry i just find it so entertaining he's like no look we've watched so many weeboo cringe compilations so many um, the, one of the big ones that I watched, I love the mind con ones, like the kids who are like asking, oh, God, those are so oh, hard to watch. See, I, 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 I do like that. That's, that's like fine to still cringe. That's where you whip out. That's like the 25 year aged, like shit, you know, like uh, to me, an easily digestible cringe video, like the pepperoni pizza of cringe videos are like just some brony talking to his camera at home. You know, and he's just spazzing out about something. That's to me that you can just enjoy that any time of the day. But those minecon ones, you have to like psych yourself up for it. They're like a they, they hit you hard. Oh, <laughs> they're so they're so uncomfortable. But but the, there are some gems in there, like Super Kai sixty four. Oh yeah, asking about dedicated wham. Oh, I mean, that's that's, that's, that's legendary. Oh god, I remember actually. I don't know if you, you might have seen. You probably have seen it. And it was a it was a viral video of some sort, and it was. It was a some sort of charity. It might have been playing Super Mario or um, Mario Kart. I think it might have been, or maybe it might, actually might have mm. been Zelda. And it was um, there was a lady behind behind everyone. I'm thinking she, of uh, the AGDQ one. Yes, I think yeah, I am. Yeah, where the guy because what was it? It was um, it was an awesome games done quick. Mm. Well, there's okay. There's been a lot of them. I, I love awesome games done quick. I think it's a really cool event. But goddamn, there's been it's a I mean it's a lot of sweaty nerds uh, in one room at one time, and uh, it's bound to be cringe. Boy howdy, some yeah. That, that's just that's just, statistically speaking, there's going to be at least several awkward uh, moments like that. There's so many where it's like because they they often do these charities for like these really you know uh, good charities for like you know researching cancer or whatever, and so a lot of the time the the uh, donation messages will be like oh, I I lost my granddad to cancer last year like his five you know five hundred dollars thank you so much for what you're doing shit like that but every now and then there'll just be some super intense one where it's like yeah i lost my wife to cancer like two months ago you know and like it just the mood just immediately drops like everyone's like yeah we're having fun streaming this game and, and like the the stream will be this like real like upbeat you know outgoing kind of guy and then all of a sudden that just like <laughs> blindsides the whole con- convention and everyone just gets really quiet and the guy's like um, so uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're going to uh, perform this glitch here now. Um, it's it's oh, so man. awkward. It's so awkward. It's so cringe. I think that's what I love. Like with my series, my internet show, from the beginning, it was like I was very, very inspired by cringe comedy because obviously I can't act. Like I feel like I'm a decent like writer, director, producer, but acting, mm. I'm fucking dog shit. It's just like, you know, I just put on this like shit little accent and then sort of like fuck around. 
And it's like, that's not acting. That's just me trying to be funny. But it's like, I, it's sort of like, I sort of like embrace cringe comedy because cringe comedy is some of the funniest stuff. Nathan For You is oh, yeah. one of my favorite shows of all oh, time. Oh, dude, I fucking, Nathan For You and like the Eric Andre show oh, is just so, just brilliant. It's just so great. Oh, I, Nathan For You is so funny. I, I still don't know how the hell they do any of that. And you know, to the point of like, to the, what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, is it real? Is it fake? Like I, I doubt 100% of everything that happens on that show is real because it's just too perfect but then but then it's just it's you cannot see the seams anywhere it's like maybe it is all real i, I don't know it's 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 awesome yeah, no. it's great yeah. and eventually you just give up trying to analyze it and you just enjoy it and that's what it is and that's what i think that's sort of like you can either watch it from fa- like with face from from face value or you can sort of like delve into it and see like try and tell is this real or is this not i think those are the sort of the, the best shows like absolutely yeah have you ever seen nirvana the band the show uh, I've seen clips from it. Yeah, there's some really funny. The, I really like that clip of them with the singing to the Wii music. Oh yeah, that's uh, brilliant. That was from the internet one, I think. Yeah, I think I watched one or two episodes of the actual show they made. Yeah, the show. Oh. Um, and that was really good as well. I, I just, it was one of the things I watched the first episode, and I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And then I just didn't watch anymore. I think it's one of the best shows that I've ever, ever seen. One of my favorite oh, episodes sure. was from it was from the first season. And it was because, like, the, for those who don't know, the basis of Nirvana the Band the show is they have a band called Nirvana the Band, Matt and Jay. <laughs> Which is that that alone is so fucking funny. It is, isn't it? It's fucking brilliant. And it's just like they're they trying to get a show at the Rivoli, which is just like a little um, local musical music venue in Toronto. And you know they go to like you know crazy lengths. It's crazy. And one of my favorite episodes was um, they went to it was a Make a Wish kid. And they sort of like took him on a, like a, they're like hanging out with him. Like they, they stopped, they, they took him out of the hospital without anybody knowing. They fucking kidnapped the kid and they took him to yeah. like some convenient park. And it's like, um, there's like a little backstory with Jay about him, um, going to that, that, that park many, many times as a kid and all that sort of stuff. And then they're like, they can't find the kid and they see him like far away, passed out on his face. And <laughs> then there's the, um, the mm, what you say, which is like originally from like that OC episode when the guy yeah, gets the shot. OC, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, they, they carry the kid, like they, they're yelling out to people. Cause it's like, it's filmed in a real park, a real amusement park. And they're like, it's all right, everybody. He's okay. He's okay. Like, don't worry about him. <laughs> and they carry him and they carry him to outside a hospital and just look around and they run away. And it's a fucking brilliant scene. Like those people in that amusement park are real. I found out the kid is actually an actor. Um, and fuck, you played it so well. Absolutely. Like yeah, you thought yeah. it was a real make a wish kid. <laughs> oh, it's fucking brilliant. It's so good. And it's like, yeah. uh, th- that sort of comedy just fucking gets me. Absolutely. Would you ever consider doing, uh, something where you like, like dice? Cause I find that that sort of shit really interesting. Would you ever consider doing a, like a, a YouTube video where you like dissect like Nathan for you episodes or something like that and try and pick apart whether they are real or not. I feel like there's something there. I think there is something there too. And I think it's like, like, while I don't like to put myself in, like a lot of the stuff I've done is like, you know, I've got my podcast and I've got this like series, but it's like, I don't, I've, I've always sort of tried to push myself away from doing commentary videos, but I know I could do mm. them really well and I really enjoy them. The one thing I really watch on YouTube are commentary videos. And I think it's like, if I, if I, you know, in the back of my head, frame it in a way where it fits with the Omni brand or fucking all that just bullshit, I could yeah. have a really good, 
I could have really a lot of fun with that. Like with Nathan, for you, Nathan for you would be like to great to just like go through and sort of like dissect that. Cause I love comedy. Comedy is like mine. I feel like that's my number one yeah. thing. A hundred percent. And I think it's, yeah, um, I, hmm. yeah, I was just going to say, I could definitely like, that would be a video I'd fucking love to watch. Like I, I, you know, I quite enjoy watching those sort of videos where it's like, oh, they pick apart like this movie or this specific scene in a movie or TV show or whatever, and talk about the relevancy or importance or any interesting facts behind it or, you know, whatever the fuck. Um, but like something like that, but about Nathan for you, like a video that was just called like the brilliance of Nathan for you with like a cool thumbnail. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, there's, I fucking love there's, that. there's something there. Have you ever um, watched any of Mr. GG and his his work? Uh, no, I haven't. No. So Mr. GG, he sort of he got big by doing he dissected every single episode of To Catch a Predator, and in a comedic way, and it was like it was really really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, impressive. And he's sort of like he's done like a lot of like sort of reviewed shitty movies and that sort of thing. But one thing he did, I think it was a video that came out only the other day, and it was him reviewing season one of The Man Show, which was have you ever seen The Man Show at all? No, I never even heard of it. It's an American. It was an American show, and it I think it was hosted by Adam Carolla and Jimmy. It was Kim, it was Kimmel. It was Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, and it was just yeah, like sure. it was shitty man humor. Like they're making like um, a lot of misogynistic jokes and a lot that of sort of thing. Shit. I was blokey shit, and like at the end of the show, it was like it was just footage of girls jumping down, up and down on trampolines, and their tits were like going around. It was like, and <laughs> I he the, like him going through it. Like it's like you know in the beginning, like there's some sort of half funny bits and that sort of things. And then some, like some of the sketches just get fucking horrible and horrible and worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And it's, it was interesting to see him dissect that, that season of that show. Um, I don't know. I think there's, I love videos that like dissect because like, and that, and within that video as well, it was talking about like, um, Jimmy Kimmel thought that that show in today's age, in the same way it was presented back then would work now. And it's like, no, fuck no it was like it was misogynistic it garbage it would definitely not mr kimmel yeah no I, I love watching videos like that as well I, especially when like uh if it's a, if it's a show that's a bit like there's a lot to follow like game of thrones back when anyone gave a shit about game of thrones like i used to watch that uh alt shift x guys videos a lot yeah. where he like broke down each episode which like was sort of required reading sometimes because you're like ah oh, that's what they meant by that like one one offline i completely missed um but even when like if it's a show that's not even you know you just it's a straightforward show and there's not really much confusion when you finish a good tv show you're like i want to watch more but there's no more you know you go on youtube and you look up stuff about that show and it's sort of like people feed you it's like the equivalent of like going on imdb and looking up like the fun facts or like like so oh who oh this person was in oh and they were in this as well you know it's like it's it's kind of like you're just absorbing whatever uh whatever scraps are left on the plate of the show so yeah no I, I love watching content like that about about shows because yeah it does feel like you're getting you're squeezing the last of the, to of the toothpaste out about that show just like we watched uh lord of the rings again recently mm. uh which is obviously required viewing for all new zealanders but uh i went i went through imdb and like read all the trivia there's so much fucking trivia about those movies there's like like hundreds and hundreds of pieces of interesting trivia for each movie it's insane Oh, really? um i don't know how those movies were made like i don't know how they came together the way they did because it sounded like a fucking nightmare it's <laughs> the way they were filmed um and all the shit the actors went through they're like breaking fucking the toes and mangling themselves every day on some stupid bullshit Jeez. and they somehow like still survived it it's, it's fascinating stuff um so yeah i'm sure there's a lot of videos that exist on that but if there was a video that was like here's all the facts you didn't know about lord of the rings i'd probably be like yeah it's 
I could learn. I could. I could learn that. Oh, gorgeous! Yeah. And I think that's that's content people like to watch. Um, I wanted, what mm. I want to say before before we sort of sum up, um, I wanted to ask you about the term and like the whole episode we've talked about is pretty much YouTube. And do you yeah. do you like calling yourself a YouTuber? Because I think it is the most dirtiest word. And sometimes it's like, as I said, <laughs> and as I said before, it's like. I've sort of like, you know, got away from trying to even think about doing commentary content as much as I'd really like to because it feels too YouTuber-ish. And I think it's like, I don't know, there's so many great creators who they don't seem like YouTubers, but they're, they're that's their primary platform and shit like that. Like some people, mm. even like, like I love people like Trevor Wallace and um, Ryan the Leader who are like comedy, they, they put a lot, of like com- a lot of comedy sketches and that sort of thing. And that's their big thing. Um, yeah. Eddie Burbank is one of my other big favorites. Gus Johnson is one of my other like huge inspirations. And it's Yeah, those guys are awesome. They are, but they don't feel like they don't feel like YouTubers in a lot of ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I can see what you mean. Mm. There's a very I guess there's a thing about YouTubers, it's so diverse. If you go by what YouTube wants to be, like what uh YouTube pushes and you know, if you look at like the VidCon lineup or uh, so the YouTube Rewind lineup, I should say. It's very like, you see them and you're like, who the fuck are these people? Outside of like, you know, the Paul Brothers or PewDiePie or whatever. Not that either of those have been on Rewind for a few years because of their various controversies. But, you know, you see all these people and you're like, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. And you look it up and it's like, just very safe. Like, I'm not going to say boring because it's obviously interesting to someone. But like, it's just very like, safe by the books content um that seems so detached from everyone in the bubble that i'm in you, you know of, of what they watch uh so comparatively to those people yeah i feel like like you or me or you know gus or eddie or any of these people they probably aren't youtubers but yeah i don't know the term is bizarre i don't know at what point you consider yourself a youtuber maybe when you do it full-time uh this is still just like a, a a hobby that I would like to do full time. Uh, but, uh, you know, money isn't quite there yet. Uh, so yeah, maybe not yet. I guess I'd like to see myself as like a comedian first and foremost, or like an entertainer. Yeah. I think if uh, that's kind of the beauty of, of like the, the YouTuber, I guess, is that we are not to toot our own horns or anything, but we're a lot more multi-talented and multifaceted. And I think, uh, you know, Matt Tavor's talked about that quite a bit on The Crowd Unknown and elsewhere, where traditionally, you know, you'd have a production company and each person would have a specific role and obviously the production quality overall is higher. But these days you've got uh, each YouTuber is a writer and, you know, an editor and the main cast and also they're doing lighting and sound and they do everything. You know, they're a one, they're a one-man band. They're like that... Uh, that traveling musician who's got like the 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 full kit with like the harmonica that's like placed in front of his face and shit. They can, they can do everything, uh, and there's so much value in that. And I think going forwards, you know, like no one's going to be on YouTube forever. Even the most popular people are eventually going to be like, all right, I'm fucking sick of this, or I'm going to transition to traditional media or branch out and make my own company doing this or that or whatever. But being able to have that talent behind you, I think, is going to be worth so much more than. Oh, I'm just a pretty face who can say lines well. Uh, you know, you can also you also know what goes into editing and what goes into writing and everything else in between. Um, so, 
Yeah, I guess you can look at YouTuber with a with a dirty connotation, and there are definitely a lot of, uh, people uh, every day ruining that term. But uh, I also think there's some there's some positive sides to it as well. I think there is too, and it's actually when I was just thinking about it, like I I I call myself a producer, like I I produce content, um, mm. or I produce web series or digital series or whatever you want to call it and like i'm the host of a podcast that i produce and all that sort of stuff i like to see myself as a producer and like a first and foremost really if there's a word i don't mind content creator but i feel like i'm much much more than that like i think it's like putting just calling a producer makes it feel much more spectacular and much more important than it probably is but it's it's funny it's like i hate the term youtuber and i hate the youtube platform in a lot of ways and how it works and all that sort of shit but it's like my one of my favorite podcasts is The Create Unknown, and it's specifically about talking about YouTube. And I would love yeah. that one day it's like I could be a featured creator, and me and my me on We itself can be like a featured brand at VidCon or like things yeah. that are traditionally seen for YouTubers anyway. And it's like, am I being hypocritical? But I think it's just like I think that YouTube has. In a lot of ways, it's bec- like, as we said, like, it's a, it, it does feel like a dirty word in a lot of ways, but I think it's like, it's what the mainstream is. Like when you think of, mm. like, do you think of Filthy Frank as a YouTuber? No, but it was, that was his platform. Like it, it was, it, you, you can't say that it wasn't. Um, that like literally yeah, exactly. he didn't even have a Patreon. It was like, he uploaded videos. He didn't fucking do anything else besides his music. And it's like, even a lot of that was put onto YouTube and it's like, you know, you think of him more as a yeah. YouTuber. I think it's I think it's just perception, just in general. Like it's like I don't think of um, Vsauce as a YouTuber really. I feel like that he makes science videos that go on YouTube or science videos for the internet or whatever you want to fucking call it. I think it is just yeah. per- perception, really. I think going forwards as well, like like Vsauce's content is so good that it could go. That could just be on TV. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm sure they've probably been offered it a lot to like, just like, hey, just take what was going to be on YouTube and put it on TV and it would totally just slot in perfectly. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's going it, to, things are going to keep changing. Eventually it's going to get to a point because like you couldn't take Filthy Facts content and put it on TV. I mean, maybe on Adult Swim, but that's about it, uh, you know, but I think that's going to change. I think people who are in charge of, t- of, of you know, TV stations, People from our generation are going to start getting in positions of power more and more, and the content that we find entertaining and humorous will be different to what is currently this very, you know, safe or or heavily marketable uh, stuff. Not not a lot of the time. Obviously, there's still stuff from our generation which is incredibly heavily, you know, easily marketable. Like I said, all the YouTube rewind stuff is an example of that. But I feel like there is going to be Adult Swim isn't going to be the only place to find alternate interesting genuinely funny content going forwards i feel like that's that's the just the, the tip of the iceberg or i hope so anyway no, uh, and i agree too so yeah. m- maybe once that happens then uh you know youtube the the idea of the reason i brought that up was you don't think of uh, filthy thing as a youtuber because youtube didn't like him <laughs> you know they, yeah. they weren't what they they weren't what um he wasn't what youtube wanted to have as their content they wanted, you know, the the chicks doing makeup tutorials or whatever, and you know, power to them. There's nothing wrong with that, but that that that's the sort of safe, advertiser friendly stuff that they want, and you can't blame them necessarily. It's like it makes sense, but uh, once 
things like there's more adult swims or there's more avenues for people to create that kind of experimental, outrageous, whatever content. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a better a better environment for us all. And maybe it might kind of normalize that content somewhat and make it more palatable to people on YouTube. Uh, I think or it's, to advertisers, yeah. I should say. I think it's just, it's polishing. I think it's like, like it's, I don't think it's just like anybody can put out content and it be like advertiser friendly but i guess you can like you know what i mean like i think it's just like if it you know with youtube losing the guidelines or but i think like polishing do you know what i mean like i think if people are good enough to polish their content but then it's like okay there's going to be a level of creators who but then again okay just in general with youtube if you were good enough to be able to get monetized it shouldn't just be about views or do you know do you know what i mean like it shouldn't be just about views and followers i think it's like if you're but then I guess does do views and followers come hand in hand with quality? I think it does, and I think that's part of me feels like it should be more than ten thousand. What is it like ten thousand subscribers and no? What is it? It's a thousand subscribers it's and 1, like subscribers and like four thousand an hours watch time or something. Yeah, something like that. But it's like, something like sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. Like I guess there's like there's different levels of YouTube is a platform where it's for everybody, but it's like for people yeah. like us who are making. I don't know, good, you can't even say good content. I think it's just like our realm of the content yeah. we make. You know what I mean? It's like, I looked at, I, I watched, because I, I actually wanted to. I came in and wa I didn't watch any of your videos before we did this podcast because I wanted, I really wanted to just come in like not knowing and it's like just, yeah, just yeah. listening about it and all that sort of stuff. And I did actually, and I did just like while we were talking, just like on mute, look through the videos and it's very, it's, it looks good. It looks good. Um, Thank you. And that's like, because it was even just your most recent video, which was like, you know, obviously like a few months ago. Um, I really, I think the production value of it is good. It's much better than probably 95% of other YouTubers content. Like just the way it's produced. And I think it's like, okay, you, anybody, not anybody. A lot of people can make funny content. I can make funny content. You can make funny content. I think we're both generally like funny people. But mm. I think it's, having that production element as well takes you from, you know, from one level to another. That's why I bought this 4k camera because I feel like it, it makes the podcast feel that much better. It'll make my other series feel just that much better, that much more premium. Do you know what I mean? Like it'll just go take it to another level in terms of getting people's eyeballs on it. Like it's not 2010 where you're leafy and you can just upload shitty gameplay and talk over, a video yeah, on your on your blue yeti mic whatever exactly. it's like, yeah it's it's no yeah I, I agree and it's because i gus johnson has a video which he uh which which i think is a very good video overall uh it's the one where he says how to become a youtuber and he talks about like uh, a lot of things which I, I i agree with pretty much all of them and i do agree with all of them but he talks there's one part where he says like don't run out and buy the most expensive equipment and and you know i do agree with that i i don't think he's wrong there i think you can there are ways to create any content you want within whatever budget you have. Even if your budget is like $50, you can rent cameras, there's free software. There's, there's, there's ways to make things happen if you genuinely want to make it happen. But uh, to that end, like I still splashed out in some regards in, in some ways where I was like, okay, I want to, even though I'm coming out of the bat, uh, you know, making content, uh, I've been making content for very long. I want it to have the feeling that I have been. I want to trick people, you know. I want it to people be like, "Oh shit, this, you know, your content is really good for a channel of your, you know, that's only been around for this long." 
And I definitely think that has been beneficial as well. And I think putting that passion and that quality in, like you say, automatically puts you ahead of 95% of the other people on the platform. Um, and that can really help. It, it, it's hard to sort of quantify necessarily, like it's hard to point at one specific thing and say, well, this is why this video found success or this is why whatever. But it, it's it's part of the reason why a video will do better than one that doesn't have that level of polish. And I, th- I think it just shows a level of like passion or a level of, uh, you know, quality control. Because if you were just shitting out videos to get, you know, views or money or fame or whatever, you know, you can see that. Sh- you, yeah, you can totally see that. Um, but if you see someone who, who's clearly putting in time and effort into like polishing their content and making quality content, it, it definitely elevates it. So when you do stumble across it because of the algorithm or shout outs or whatever reason, uh, yeah, there's, there's, it's going to go a long way to uh, keeping people watching your video. Absolutely. I think that's one thing you and I have in common. I even noticed it. What, like, I realized that when you even said like, oh, when I make a video, it's like, this is what I do when I try to, to like, you know, decide the topic and that sort of thing. It's like filling that niche and all that sort of thing. It's like, it's basic, like, you know, niche and all that sort of stuff. It's just like, it's basic business marketing terminology. But I think it's like, if you just have, if you look at it like that as well, like, you know, you could like, we both are people who like really want to make content and make videos but I also think that we're people who have that sort of mind where it's like, okay, from a marketing or a wanting to grow like a sort of view, how do you mm. do it? And it's like, that's where all like the metadata comes in. It's like um, featuring internet historian and, you know, good thumbnails, good. Like, I don't think, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people just come on YouTube because they like watching YouTube videos. They, they try to become a YouTuber because that's what they like to watch and they just yeah. don't have the head for it. I think that's what you and I have in common. I think it's like we, we have the head for it. We can see it from a, you know, we can both make good videos, but we're able to market it in a decent way as well. Like obviously like there's no tried and true method of like um, getting mm. going viral and growing an audience, that sort of stuff. I think that a lot of that stuff, it's like, Gary Vaynerchuk, one of my favorite entrepreneurs, he's always said it's like there's one way to grow and it's like on like to grow a brand or whatever online. It's like you either get a viral hit and you're able to like grab onto that or it's brick by brick. I think a lot of the time, like especially with your channel, it's like it's it's both. It's like, you know, going viral and then having to build more bricks on top of that building. And then like mm. maybe it grows like 10 stories and then build more bricks on that. You become the highest building in the YouTube landscape or whatever shitty metaphor that I keep going yeah. on, on with. But it's like, like it's, yeah, it's all exponential as well. Like the, the, uh, you get your first hit, like the first one that I did well for me, grew me to 900 subs, like I said. And then the second one grew me to 9,000 subs. Uh, so yeah, it seems to be, it, it seems to work that way. You know, I don't know if it's through the algorithm or people's perception or, or whatever it is, but yeah, you sort of, it's very rare from what I've seen. It has happened. I have seen it, but it's, it's, it's very rare that like one video will take you from like 30 subs to a hundred thousand. It seems to be like, so even if you do get that viral hit, it's only going to go so far depending on what you're at when it started. And so you just have to keep making more shit. And, and that's, that's intimidating in itself. Cause I remember when the first, when the Reddit, uh, the video on Reddit did well, I was, I was like, fuck, how do I follow this up? And it was really stressful. Cause it's like, Oh shit. Okay. Now there's like 900 people and, before that, it was mostly just like friends um, 
or whoever I accumulated from whatever, I don't even know how I found 30 subscribers, but yeah, suddenly you're like, oh shit, okay, I know there's other people who I don't even know who are watching. Um, but yeah, hmm. it's just, just keeping at it with, you know, don't rely on that one viral hit because even if you do get it, it's only going to take you so far depending on what you're at before. Um, but if you're making, you know, quality content and it's, it's, I know this is cheesy to say, but I just make content that I'd like to watch. And I, we, we talked about that a bit already, right? Like I'd, I'd like to watch this, this video about Nathan for you. It's like, well, shit, why don't I just make that instead? <laughs> you know, it's like, I already like this thing. I'm not going to make it. So, you know, feel free to, uh, <laughs> but you know, like I, if, if there's something I find, I'm like, oh man, I'm really watching a lot of these videos lately, but no one's someone on this topic. It's like, oh, well, shit, I'm a, I'm a YouTuber. I'm a creator. Why don't I make one? So that's, that's definitely been the, uh, the sort of impetus between a lot behind a lot of the videos that I make, like my, uh, fast food training videos one i fucking love fast food training videos i don't know what it's kind of a mixture of the cringe thing and i like cooking and it's this weird time capsule of like the 80s and 90s and they're very camp and just weirdly overproduced for what they are um and, and i, I was like there's a lot of people talking. like that who would watch the who would watch yeah. that that's the thing yeah because i mean you go on these videos and they've got like a million views like a hundred thousand views on, on like just just the video just the straight video about um that someone's ripped off some VHS tape and uploaded. It's like, well, clearly people want to watch this. There's a million people watching this Wendy's training video. So like, why don't I talk about that? Um, it didn't do well. It's probably one of my worst uh, performing videos, but it's probably one of my favorite to make because it was just so interesting. Um, it was also my second video, so I still didn't really know what I was doing. But it's like that sort of shit where it's like, it's very, yeah, I, I know it sounds dumb. People say that all the time, like, oh, I just make content that I like to watch. But it's it's real. If you're not making content that you would watch, it's like, Who's going to watch it then? <laughs> that's right. That's, that, and that's exactly right. You've you got to make content. That's the thing. It's like you're not even going to enjoy making it if you're not going to like, if you wouldn't watch it yourself. 100%. I had a realization where it's like, oh, I'm a very unoriginal person. Like I like to think I'm original, but it's like, well, I like pepperoni pizza. I like popular music. You know, like I like, you know, I like niche indie things as well, at you know, at times. But it's like, I also have, even the things that in my mind seem indie, like some of the, uh, or niche, like some of the groups or, or YouTubers that I watch, there's still like a pretty sizable following for some of them, you know? Um, and so, but that, you know, utilizing that was, I think a, a really crucial thing as well, where it's like, oh, I clearly like this and I'm not original. So <laughs> therefore, if I make a, a video on this, there's a lot of other people who will also like it. Uh, yeah, like unless, unless you're someone who just like, their whole personality is being unique and only watching the most unknown independent films in the country or whatever, you're probably going to have a lot of crossover with a lot of other people. Uh, and you may as well use that to your advantage. And that's exactly right. And that's what it is. That's, that's the game of being a YouTuber. Absolutely. Um, I thought before we sum up, I want you to, I just, you know, shout out your, your, your channel, uh, you know, it's it's many it's many kudos to that, but I can you know uh, just follow me, follow me on uh, 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 Matthew W Winter uh, at uh, Twitter. That's me. Um, that's us. That's you. That's yes. That's right. <laughs> so I'm secretly running uh, both of these accounts. No, uh, follow. Uh, I don't know. Just follow whatever you want. Just have a good day. Just enjoy yourself out there. Follow uh, many kudos if you want. But um, humble. Hey, you know it's your life. Just sort of. Just sort of drift on through the cosmos, and maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll our paths will meet one day. But if not, that's just the way it is, I guess.
that was the most spiritual ending to a podcast I've like I've ever had. It was very, it's you know, it's very. Um, I'm putting positive vibes out into the universe, and you know, maybe it'll reward me with some with some good subscribers. Who knows? Peace and love, um, positive vibes, Absolutely. peace and love, um, all that sort of thing. Um, happy nineteen happy years and two days post nine eleven to everybody. Hope everyone's you know living their best life since the world's biggest tragedy. Um, you know, it's. It's like there was going to be a funny joke in there, but I can't think of a fucking funny joke that isn't just shit because I was wait- I was waiting <laughs> for that. <laughs> it was coming. Um, that that I've got nothing. I've got no funny nine eleven jokes because there's no such thing as a funny nine eleven joke except the Nyan cat flying into the twin towers. It's the only funny one I've ever ever seen, and that's it. There was one, there was one the other day where it was someone photoshopped pink smoke coming out of it and said it's a girl. Oh, that, was, that was very topical. I saw that actually it was a reply to that and it's like, oh, I lost one of my relatives in 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 you know the Twin Towers yeah. in nine eleven. It's like, yeah, he was one of the he was one of the best pilots that the Middle East oh, ever had. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, because someone responded to that one being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and then he he hit them with that, and it was like. Damn. Damn. Like that is a, I think it's like, that is a good joke. I had many people laugh at that joke. I had many people not so laugh at that joke, um, but it's a good joke nonetheless. Um, thank you for joining us, many kudos um, for on this great podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic talking to you about cringe videos and YouTube, uh, which is kind of, uh, since I've been locked inside, thanks to the Victorian government for the last four months, um, it's kind of been my whole, uh, my whole thing. My whole thing. Uh, so it's been it's been nice to be able to talk about that with someone. <laughs> oh, that's good fucking shit. Oh. But thanks for having me. It was so nice talking to you. No. And uh, hopefully we can do this again one time. Yeah, I agree. Um, goodbye, fans. They all that are listening or watching on youtube.com slash onwetv1 because onwetv was taken still and it's really annoying me. Fuck's sake. Fucking that's hate right. that shit. I, I really wanted kudos and that was taken. So uh, I'm, I'm many kudos. I'm, <laughs> I'm statistically more than them. Then that's war. And you know who wins that war? You do, you do. I'm pointing. At, I'm pointing at you. Many kudos, not the fans. If you're looking at the well, barely. <laughs> barely, I barely won that. Well, I won, I'll pull a ninja one day and I'll buy them out, and then uh, and then I'll have the last laugh. But until that, then, with all that YouTube money uh, that we're all getting because stay, we're all monetized. Stay safe, space cowboys. There we go. Oh yes, I love plagiarism from other great podcasts. <laughs> now this is our original catchphrase that we've just invented for this podcast. On We Talk is hosted by Matthew Winner, produced by On We. You can listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watch it in its entirety at youtube.com slash TV one You can show your support by becoming an On We Plus member, where you get exclusive series and podcasts, early access, and member-only perks. Join us at onwe.tv forward slash plus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.